Tulsa post game, Acre pregame, and Davis's favorite shape of deli meat. All that and more coming up next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotted in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 23, and we are coming to you right after a kind of disappointing Tulsa victory. What say you, Davis? Episode 23, man. Uh, just take, taking a little bit to reflect that, you know, we're, we've been doing this for a little bit now. You know, I mean, we, we've been at this for, you know, a little over a year, and, uh, it's kind of surreal that, you know, we're, we've really gotten to the swing of this thing. And it's actually, it's been a blast so far. And if you think about it, like our first ever season, you know, we literally had that COVID season and went to the national championship. And here we are on the complete other end of the spectrum, you know, following up with what you said about Tulsa, where for three games, we have not looked good. We have not looked up to what we would expect an Ohio State team to look like. So, you know, it. It's very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I would say. So cheers to um, our podcast being 23, old enough to buy booze and cigarettes. Um, Can't rent a car yet, though. No, not yet. But um, I think you're right, man. I think I think this Buckeye team leaves a lot to be desired, and I'm saying that on more than, than one issue. Um, I think this week was a really good indication that we have work to do on both sides of the ball, and I know we're going to get into it um, about – things that you saw and things that I saw and all that good stuff. But just overall, man, I still, like we talked about in the previous weeks, man, the feeling that I get from this team is just not a good one. Yeah, it, it's it's almost hard to watch at times. But see, the interesting thing is I always get two different reactions when I'm watching it live and then when I go back and I like, I'll rewatch some of the highlights. Because every time I rewatch it, I'm like, okay, you know, well, I, we did look aggressive there. Or, hey, that was a good play there. I think since the way this, the game has began, uh, starting with Minnesota, I really think that we're getting stuck on focusing on a lot of the negatives. And I know you're going to disagree with me on this. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we've looked good this year. But what I'm saying is I think there's still some positives in what I've seen up to this point that are getting kind of overweighed by the negatives. Well, I'm pretty interested to hear what you think those positives are. I mean, I'm not going to point out specific play. That's really what it is. Is there specific plays where I see flashes of what we can be, you know, there's specific plays on offense where, you know, our running game has looked great or we're completing some passes in tight windows. And then of course, you know, we see the, easy passes that are overthrows or the receivers having to get up in the but air doesn't to catch that, doesn't it. that irk you well of course that's it where we are at ohio, in ohio it state does. football that's where we are we're picking out the little wins the little tiny wins to hang on to okay so let me ask you this then when's legitimately the last time you had a season where you really because that's the thing with you is that your expectations for ohio state are always almost unreachable because no, they're I'm not. not I, yes, they you know are. What because my, you there, know what there's not been a single are? season. There's not been a single season that me and you have talked about games, watch games, where you haven't bitched and complained about something being wrong with the team. Every year. Well, tell me, tell ditto, me one year. Ditto for you. I'm you at least a lot more optimistic. Well, yeah, but I'm at least a lot more optimistic than you are. 
No, you're just an idiot. Well, that may be true, but <laughs> I'm an idiot that's at least looking more on the positive side than anything. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, especially let, this Tulsa game, okay? So we're 24 and a half point favorites, right? And obviously we're supposed to blow this team out of the water, and I'm expecting to see backups get some, you know, reasonable playing time because we want to see other quarterbacks, you know, uh, come into the game and see what they can do and get some other players some experience. And, I mean, this game's a freaking seven-point game in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. I'm just sitting here just shaking my head like, you know what? Screw it. Like, let them lose this game. Like, this is pitiful. Like, you know, they're making the Tulsa quarterback look like a Heisman candidate. You know, he's just throwing the ball all around the yard, and we can't do anything about it. Well, you know something, dude? I was actually fine until after the game. I mean, you run the text message thread between me, you, and, you know, our buddy Chaz. Um, I went off the deep end. And it took until, like, an hour after the game. Before I went off the deep end, but I went solely off the deep end. 100%. That's because you finally woke up. You were bored to death by the, what, what what you're seeing on the TV. I'm not going to lie. It's like only the f- maybe fifth or sixth time that I can remember in my Ohio State fandom that I kept looking at the clock and going, God dang, there's still a lot left to go in this game. And I'm thinking it should be over. I'm like, it should be over. The game, the, that's the problem. <laughs> is That's a game where it should have been over at halftime, and it never felt over. Until we literally went up two scores with like four minutes to go and then got that third extra score there at the end on the pick six. Like it never felt like it was wrapped up and done. And that's a team that is coming in 0-2 that has not looked good. I mean, that lost to a UC Davis football team. They have football, but that team beat Tulsa. I mean, given it is the Tulsa that went to their conference championship against Cincinnati last year, but still, I mean, it's Ohio State. And honestly, there's no other better way to explain it. It's Ohio State. Like, come on. You are one of the premier programs in the entire country. You have one of the biggest traditions. You know, you put most, almost a record number of players into the NFL. And yet we're struggling with Tulsa, an 0-2 Tulsa. Like, I just, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around that. Well, why do you think that is? Man. Why are we struggling with Tulsa? You know, it, it's it's a combination of everything. And I know that sounds a little redundant because I had said that before in previous episodes, but it's a little bit of everything. And I think for me, the thing that's starting to bother me the most, and I know the defense has problems, but I'm at least willing to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they have such young players that they're starting and there's no continuity there. And whatever they're trying to implement for the scheme is not fully working yet. But I have a problem with the offense, and the offense is really starting to bother me lately because they're sure they're putting up some yards, but we are not putting the points on the board like I would expect for an Ohio State offense, especially knowing the weapons that we have. I'm fully disappointed in the offense, and that's what worries me more than anything. Like you can have a bad defense, and I'm not saying we should, but I'm saying, you know, Oklahoma's done this for years where they've had no defense, but they can outscore almost anybody. You know, it'd be one thing if we're sitting there putting 40, 50 points a game. I mean, that would have saved us against the Oregon game, as bad as the defense was. But we put up 28 points on 612 yards of offense. And then we put up 41 points, and only uh, 34 of that was even on offense because we had seven points on the D. You know, it's the offense Dude, I'm is what's sorry. really getting to me now. Something is going on at Ohio State. Okay, now I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this or not. Something is going on because, okay, one of the things I noticed was 
you know, people were talking all week long, like, oh, Ryan Day spent all this time with the defense. That's why the offense looks rusty. No. No, it doesn't. Explain to me this. Why did Chris Olave not touch the ball? Why did mine Williams all of a sudden they said, oh, well, he missed a practice. So, you know, things got jumbled around and uh, Travion Henderson had a hot hand, so we had to play it. No. Ryan Day decided, and I don't care who agrees with me on this or not, Ryan Day decided before that game ever started that Travion Henderson was going to be the featured back and nobody else was from the, from the get-go. That was instilled in the game plan. So why does the guy that leads the team in rushing the week before not even get one snap this week? Don't give me that hot hand crap because I'll tell you this much right now. You know as well as I do. Uh, Master Teague. Master Teague has not had a hot hand his entire life, and he got carries. So don't give me that crap. Well, There's a reason Chris Olave didn't get it. This team, dude, there's something going on in that locker room. There's something going on. Either they don't know who should be the starters or people are screwing up or there's a there's a revolt or something's going on. I don't think it's some big master conspiracy issue that's going on that you well, then claim why? you think Why do we have on. different starters every week? Uh, everything can be explained if you're really looking between the lines, in my opinion. So if you want to address the running back thing, you're darn right that they probably singled out Travion Henderson because first of all, we knew Master Teague was not that great. You know, he's just a capable running back, but he's not going to be, you know, an electric kind of person that we need on the offense. Mayan Williams came in in some cleanup duty last year, looked pretty solid, but still was a three star coming out of high school who has developed to a really good running back. But you have the best running back that we've recruited in a long time, a five-star comes in, and he's already blowing the doors off the place. Of course he's going to be. Like, I, but I Mayan completely Williams agree with that. blew the doors off last week. He had one good damn run. Now, don't get so me wrong. where was he, he though? Well, from what, from what I read, he was sick and had to miss a practice and fell behind on some reps, and the other guys gained some momentum, and they stuck with him. Now, do I agree with that or not? That's irrelevant. But I will tell you this. You mean I to tell me that Master believe, Teague grabbed grab more momentum than Mayan Williams? Master Teague doesn't have enough momentum to get off the bench. Okay, so the secondary thing that I was going to explain, too, is that some of this could literally be them just mixing things up or it could be disciplinary, which it could be. Because, I mean, let, let's look at Harry Miller. Why the hell has Harry Miller been out? Why was uh, uh, the other defensive end? Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, why, why, why was he out during the Tulsa game? There was no injury report. There, I didn't so, hear so anything about COVID. All this stuff doesn't lead you to believe that something's going on? I don't think it's some big master like the like Ryan Day's lost the team. and like. What about Seven Banks? Why was Seven Banks not on the field before? He He's still coming back from an injury. I know that for a fact. He's still been coming back from an injury, and they've been taking it easy with him. But Ryan still, Day's I'm, never said that, though. Well, we knew he he got injured. He but I'm got saying, hurt. why is everything so secretive? Why is nothing in place? Because why that's the way Ryan Day runs mean? that crap, man. He doesn't release any of that stuff. That's the way Ohio like State's that? always been. No, of course I don't. But, I mean, that's not our call. Like, listen, it really sounds to me, at the base of this, that you have lost almost all of your confidence in Ryan Day and that coaching staff. And I think that's the basis where you're generally heading. Me, I tend to think, listen, they're dealing in a year where they lost one of the best quarterbacks Ohio State's ever had. They're having to break in a brand new quarterback. We have a defense that's going to have to be completely revamped with uh, a bunch of new players. And you just have a lot of people that are not on the same page. So this year is probably Ryan Day's most important and probably most difficult uh, coaching 
uh, year in the history that he's ever coached. And him, this the, he's still trying to learn himself probably how to go through these rough patches because when's the last time we literally had a year where we're almost having to just kind of not reload but almost rebuild a little bit? Because honestly, that's what this year really feels more like now. I thought it was going to be a reload year, but it feels a lot more like a rebuild. Yeah, but it doesn't feel to me, and I'm not saying I've lost faith in Ryan Day. I haven't lost faith in Ryan Day yet. Is he doing some things that I'm questioning? Yeah. He is, because we haven't seen this in a while. Not like this. But I'm saying, it doesn't feel like... It'd be different to me if we were playing good football with young guys and we were getting beat. We're not playing good football, in any sense of the word, on either side of the ball. So it's not like... I disagree to an extent. I disagree to an extent. You just said that. Well, do you think the defense is a problem? Let me ask you that. I think both sides are a problem, but I'm still I'm still telling you there are times throughout the game where you see what they're capable of. Don't Davis, tell me, me that tell there's something. not time. There are times when I play golf that I hit the ball 300 yards down the center of the fairway. Does that mean I'm a good golfer? It means you have the capability if you actually practice and got better. Well, but, I guess but when you only play once a year at the Carfagnas tournament, what does that point, say? <laughs> well, my point <laughs> is though, you can't hang on to you can't hang on to that little stuff and expect that to be the season. I can't hang my hat on that. Well, I don't want to hang not. my hat on that. I'm not saying to hang your hat on it. What I'm saying is to understand that the capability, and I feel like the players and the capability are there. Do I think we're going to be an elite defense and we have the capability to be elite defense not this year? Not cover no. three and cover no, one. Well, no. I, I, listen, I understand we don't even have the capability to be an elite defense this year. I get that. I am completely okay with that. But I think we have the, the capability to be an opportunistic defense to one that can possibly bend and not break. Like, we at least did some good in Tulsa with keeping them to field goals closer to the red zone, okay? That's at least a lot better than what we had done in previous weeks where we were constantly giving up seven instead of three. It was so the most at least that's a benefit. Thing. I get it. was I the most it. terrible, predictable thing versus Tulsa ever, that Tulsa picked us apart. And you know what, dude? If the game had been longer, they'd have thrown all over us again. We were so predictable in that cover one, cover three, that – I don't know. They, they've instilled this single high safety defense at Ohio State to the point where they are just going to rip us apart. Teams are not going to run the ball because they don't have to. Well, they you can throw one of the all reasons, over us. Do you want to know one of the reasons why we're having such a big deal, a big issue with giving up these passing yards? Is I think the de- defensive backs look better this year than they did last year. The problem is we are getting zero. I'm talking big fat goose egg pressure on the quarterback that's None. another thing yeah that's None. a whole no, other issue not, yeah. that's not that's not a whole other issue that relates to the issue with the passing i mean I don't it care does but it you doesn't want. your scheme well, also relates to your coverage well, we're playing yeah but when the quarterback three, has like one. five when the quarterback has five six seven seconds to sit back there and pick the defense apart absolutely Absolutely. There's not a, an offense on the planet that's not going to be able to pick apart a defense if they that quarterback can constantly sit back there five, six, seven seconds and go through their progressions. So my thing is I think the defensive backs are better. I'm not saying they're elite at all. Okay, I'm not even saying they're top ten, but I'm saying they do look better, at least in regards to how they're defending some of these one-on-one passes, in my opinion. Well, I'll tell you why I blame Ryan Day right now. Because a defense, as much as we want to talk about the defense and the changes that they're going to make and the tweaks that they're going to make, they are going to make tweaks and changes every week. Okay, but it's still never going to be a good defense this year. 
It's not. You know why? Because you can't. Anybody that knows anything fo- about football knows that you cannot instill a completely different defense in the middle of the season. It's not going to happen. Well, they may tweak it. To. They may change it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a terrible defense. But my point is they've known all along it's a terrible defense. You've known this. You've known you were going to play cover three and cover one with a single high safety half the time and get burned all over the field and people throwing the ball. You knew that. You knew that from camp. So my point is they're not going to change it a lot. It's not going to change. For everybody out there that thinks that, like, we're just going to wake up one day and the defense is going to be fixed, it's not. This problem is going to go on all year long. They make I said it better that exact same doing. thing. I said that exact same thing a couple episodes ago where I figured this is going to be a problem all year. Now, I will tell you this. I think they're going to fix some things in regards to execution because at this point, that's all you can do because you have this system, you have this scheme. You know, you're not going to change it in the middle of the season. They're going to improve, okay? Now, that relates back to the thing where I don't think we're going to be elite this year because we don't have the players to necessarily run this type of system. You have to have elite players, ones that you can trust are going to do their jobs. And, of course, we're having our biggest issues at linebacker. You know, I mean, it's one problem not getting to the quarterback, but we have linebackers that are constantly plugging the wrong gaps on assignment, and they're not bouncing off tackles to get to the running back. I mean, there's a lot of times that the other teams are getting runs on us that it's like six, seven yards before contact, and that's unheard of for an Ohio State defense. So I get it. We're going to have problems all year. But I think once we start playing better assignment football and people start understanding the role better, some of this is going to clean up. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be even elite, but it will improve. You just got to give it some more time. I know. I, I know I have to give it some more time, but I don't want to give it some more time. We're four games into the season, going into game four. We shouldn't be trying to figure this stuff out right now. Well, we sh- are. This should have been at. figured out. But you know this what? is I why think... I'm pissed. I wouldn't say I've lost my faith on Ryan Day. I'm pissed at Ryan Day. I'm pissed because I think he knew this coming in. He had to know this is what the product he was going to be putting on the field was going to be. He sees it every day in practice. And now all of a sudden he's like, well, I had to take some time off of uh, offense to deal with the defense last week. So, you know, we made some changes there. And now the offense is struggling. Why? Well, the, offense, the offense struggled the first two freaking games. Don't even give me that. I went over last episode in the first half we scored a combined. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Everybody out there in C.J. Stroud Wonderland is talking about how ho he threw for 400 yards versus Oregon, so our offense isn't struggling, Davis. That's that's all-star numbers they're saying. C.J. Stroud's the greatest thing since sliced bread, Chad. Well, if someone wanted to look at the first half of each game when we scored 7, 10, and 13, or whatever it was, you know, scoring less than 14 points in the first three games in the first half, obviously there's a problem with the offense. So you cannot sit there and give me that crap. No one can sit there and dispute that. Now in the second half, we're at, we're actually on offense doing a lot better, uh, more up to par with what I would expect the offense to be. But yeah, I mean, that there's a problem there. And, you know, one of the issues that me and you have discussed, even though we've gotten some backlash from other people, but the one thing we do agree upon is neither one of us think that CJ is really the guy. It's not that we don't think he can't run this team, but we feel like there's probably better talent in the quarterback room. And we feel like it needs to see the field because, you know, the one thing that finally comes out now that is CJ Stroud's got a shoulder injury and who knows when he sustained it. But I know for a fact that I remember in the Minnesota game, I'm watching him coming in and he's sitting there like, you know, running his shoulder, his right arm in circles there like he's trying to loosen something up. And I was like, he hasn't even taken a hit this game. Like, what the hell's going on? 
you know, but I don't think much of it. No one says anything, but you know, you watch him and he'll make some good passes and then he'll make these throws that it's just like, dude, you're overthrown about like six feet. And I thought that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that this could be based off a shoulder injury. But my problem then with day is if he's being somewhat incapable of making even some of the easiest passes because of shoulder trouble, then why is he still starting? Why does it take till Akron? I I hate to say that I hate to say this dude, but there is a certain amount of ego to every coach. There is, you don't get to being where Ryan day is where Nick Saban is, where all these Dabo Sweeney is, without having a little bit of arrogance, without having a little bit of confidence, however that fine line blurs for you. But my point is, man, so if you're Ryan Day and you've been hell-bent to start start C.J. Stroud as your starting quarterback, and say Saturday, Kyle McCord comes in and just lights it up, you're going to look like an idiot. People yeah, but it's going to be skewed. It's going to be it's going to be skewed though because it's Akron. Akron's like one of the worst defenses in the country right now. So we couldn't handle Tulsa last week. Well, Tulsa's not statistically one of the worst, but it's definitely not good. But I'm just saying, listen, I don't. I feel like whatever happens this Saturday is almost going to be irrelevant because I agree that I think Ryan Day is sold on CJ being the starter this year, regardless. And the only way they bench him is if he completely starts laying multiple eggs like no, he's gonna get bench him is if he gets injured that's ohio state's mantra dude he can throw as many eggs ryan day will ride this thing into the dirt whether we lose four games this year he'll ride it into the dirt unless cj gets hurt that's it i don't think it's gonna take that long to ride something in the dirt but you know it'd be different if his stats weren't so large especially because of the the oregon game but then again i mean he threw it for over 50 times i mean it's going to be extremely easy to throw for over 400 yards if you're passing it 50 times i just thought that the reason that cj stroud was the starting quarterback at ohio state this year in front of all the other guys in the quarterback room was because he would be a more mobile rpo type quarterback i agree with that that's what i thought too and he has not even shown a lick of being mobile at all like he's he's not even like i'm not even talking about the design rollout plays that they have for him which he looks decent at and he's made some decent throws on the run um and sometimes those look like some of the best plays because he's getting out of the pocket but i've not once seen him actually drop back and avoid pressure and feel it and like step up and move away and then if it's not there tuck it and run it for at least seven eight yards i've not even once seen him do that as a matter of fact, I've seen him do the complete opposite. As a matter of fact, during Tulsa, he'd had a play where literally he got loose from the pocket, and right before he hit the line of scrimmage, he actually stopped and planted his foot and looked through two reads and then made a pass instead of running. Now, did the pass get more yardage than the run? Yes, but in that in that situation, my point is any quarterback that you can possibly imagine who's already moving at that point – tucks that ball and runs it for five or six yards and gets out of bounds. He just seems like he he lacks aggression when he plays football. And I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, you know, uh being like risky and taking a bunch of chances and you know, not making smart decisions, but it's just like he looks like he's lacking a killer instinct almost. It's hard to describe because No, I know exactly he, what you're he, he just he just looks lackadaisical. I don't know See, how I don't know to if it's put it. I, I think it's fear. I think it's that, and I think it maybe comes back to that shoulder, and he's worried about getting it dinged up more, and I don't even know how he initially got it hurt in the like first said, place. 
I don't want people out there in the podcast universe to think that I don't think that C.J. Stroud can be the quarterback at Ohio State. I'm not saying that. I'm just very skeptical because of what I've seen and because he doesn't carry himself. I wanted to bring up his press conference. You know, he made comments like, oh, well, I'm only 19 years old and I'm battling an injury. What, a lot of excuses for a quarterback. Yeah, and then follows it up excuses. with, and then follows it up with, you know, I know I'm a good player, and it's almost kind of like he's saying, you know, I have these things going on. You don't realize what I'm dealing with, but you know, I'm like, I've never heard another quarterback making as many excuses as he has already in his first four games. You know or what a quarterback sorry, says there? Games. Every quarterback in America says the same thing. That's my fault. Yeah, that's, that's on me. That's on me. I need yep. to get better, you know, this, that, and the other, and takes full responsibility, and that's a leader. And he just – that I think – honestly, I think that's what it is. He is he is not a leader. He's not being a leader, at least from my end what I'm seeing. Now, I maybe for all I know, maybe he's, he's a, you know, a weekday warrior, and he's practicing his butt off, and then by the time the game comes and we're under the lights and he, he gets pressure, like some of this stuff doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. I, I just, know that. I, listen, I agree that we're being extra hard on him, but he that that's the role he's kind of had to fill in. I mean, especially not just being a quarterback at Ohio State, but a quarterback at Ohio State following the several the last few quarterbacks we've had. Like that's where the standard is now. And you know why, dude? Because I'll tell you what it is. We're we're oversensitive as Buckeye fans right now because we're hurt. If you look on Facebook, man, you read all these, you know, the group chats and stuff that you're in. Half the people are bitching about defense. The other half's bitching about the quarterback, and they're arguing. You know, half of Ohio State fans think that he is the guy. Half of the Ohio State fans think he isn't the guy. They're blaming. The point is, dude, they're backed into a corner right now because they don't know what to feel. We haven't felt this way in a while. And I think it's taken its toll on the fans. I think it's taken its toll on everybody. I mean, I think you honestly noted it on the head there. I hate agreeing with you, but, I mean, that's really – I mean, I'll go on Twitter and Facebook and all these other social media outlets and all the comment boards on, you know, 11 Warriors and Letterman Row and all these other articles that we read, and there's not a positive comment in anything. I mean, I take it back. There's one positive comment, and that's Travion Henderson. Yeah. Um, okay. I sound like such a man when I say stuff like this. Travion Henderson is an excellent running back. He's a great young man. Um, kudos to him for what he did. He, I mean, like I said, who who's in, ahead of him for single game? Eddie George and um, and uh, Trey Sermon mm-hmm. um, for all time, you know, yardage in a game, and he passed Zeke Elliott, um, which and, is great. Well, and he set the record for freshmen over Archie Griffin. Yeah, for most yards in a game by a freshman running back. Dude, kudos to him. But I will say this, dude. I just feel like that game was set up that way coming in. Ryan Day was like, I'm only going to give the ball to Trayvon Henderson, and if he gets tired, I'm going to give the ball to Master Teague, and that's going to be our game today. That's how I felt. Dude, going into the fourth quarter, did you look at uh, C.J. Stroud's passing numbers? Terrible. Did you look at our receiving numbers? Terrible. Chris Olave, like we talked about? Didn't touch the ball till what? When was that that he finally? I mean, he got a call or a, a a ball was called back that he caught. But I'm saying that wasn't even till way late in the game. Yeah, I mean that was called back, but he did he did legit drop with like a 20 yard pass that would have gotten us first down inside the 10 yard line. He legit dropped pass. My point first is time, though, first time I've ever seen him drop a pass. He hardly ever has under 100 yards receiving, and at least five, six, seven catches every game. 
Yeah, it the just pass, felt like the, this. Well, the this, passing game was out of rhythm for sure, and I mean because it because it never got started. My well, point is, yeah. I think Ryan Day had a game plan to do this. This was the safe game plan coming in. He was going to run the ball, three yards in a cloud of dust, baby. He was going to run the ball. So it doesn't shock me that 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 uh, Travion Henderson got the yards he did because that that is what the plan was. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Honestly, the the issue is, I don't even think he has even fully understood what the balance of this offense needs to be because he knows we have the weapons uh, in the passing game to get a lot of yards, but you need the quarterback that's going to complement that. Uh, he knows he has the running backs to do it, but in order for the running game to be effective, not only do you have to have good pa- uh, run blocking, but you also still have to have a good passing game to have a good running game because if they know you're going to run most of the time, they can adjust. Now, that's one thing Tulsa didn't really adjust much. They kept dropping eight a lot of the time, which is one reason why the passing did struggle. I mean, if you want to look back to Northwestern last year, uh, Tulsa pretty much pulled a page right out of their book, and that's kind of what the game looked like is that the passing game struggled a lot, but the running game was wide open. So I don't blame him for sticking with the run because that's kind of what the defense was giving him. But it did seem very early on like he was making a conscious effort to run the ball a lot more. And I think in a perfect world, it's got to be almost 50-50. I mean, I'm not even talking about necessarily the amount of yards that you're getting, but it's got to be a good complement to where you're keeping the defense on their toes, but you're still going to be passing enough to keep the offense in rhythm. Because if the the wide receivers are doing nothing but uh, run blocking most of the time. And then all of a sudden, once every three, four downs, they're then asked to go, and, you know, run a route and they get that one crack at it, especially if you're running for short yardage, short yardage, and then you got a penalty. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's like third and 10 or third and 15. And you're asked to, you know, you're expected to run a good route and get 10, 15 yards down the field and make a catch. Like there's no rhythm in that. So that's the balance that we haven't had at all this year. You know, it's either been pass heavy or it's been run heavy. There's not been an equal balance in any game. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that because, you know, we threw the game, threw the ball 50 times versus Oregon, and then we turn around, and I can't remember how deep we were into the third quarter, but I do remember um, that C.J. Stroud had under 100 yards passing and an interception way deep into the game before Garrett Wilson's touchdown. I think mm-hmm. he ended up with what, like 175, 185 yards passing and touchdown right. interception. But my point is, those stats are kind of false, even the way they look then, because some of that stuff didn't even happen until the game was almost over. Right. We did and that's, not balance that, that's the stats you would That's stats you would expect to see in the first quarter and a half, or at worst, in the first half. And he's cleaning that up late in the fourth quarter and still having to, you know, play, you know, still having to play in the fourth quarter when we're expecting to see backups get in and get some playing time. Like, you know, it, it it's very frustrating. You know, I wish these podcasts could be a little bit more fun because I, I guess maybe I took for granted last year a little bit just in the fact that, I mean, we still struggled at times last year, but at least we had a lot more positive things to talk about. You know what? Let, let, let's just go ahead. You know, let, let's make this therapeutic. Okay. I'm going to force you right now to make one compliment about the defense. Okay? I don't even care what it has to be, but you got to say something you honestly believe will be a compliment about the defense. Let's just get it out. Let's get this, some of this negativity out because 
you know these players are on social media and watching TV, and they're listening to everyone bashing them. And I think it's time we at least try to change some of this negativity into a positive. So give me one compliment about the defense. One compliment about the defense. I'll give mm-hmm. you two. When they changed up the play calling and put Kerry Combs up in the booth, um, at least we tried to do some other things. We did some, you know, we blitzed two linebackers on a few different plays. Um, we tried to give some other looks. Still within what That is not done. a compliment. That sounds like someone saying, I'm sorry that what I said upset you instead of actually apologizing. <laughs> that no, that did, is not a com- That is not I a compliment. Did, I at least give them that. I'm and, sorry that what I said offended you. Like, that's not an apology. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, give me a compliment, dang it. I think Denzel Burke is going to be a first-round draft pick. There it is. Oh, I so agree with you. I think he's he's going to be such. And the best thing is we're going to have him for at least another two years. Absolutely, dude. He's he's just – he's – I can't explain it to you. It's not that I think – I don't think he's got the coaching that he needed so far to round him out. But his raw talent and raw ability is so apparent out there that I think – once he does get coached, once he does get coached up all the way and has another couple of camps in him, dude, he is going to be a monster. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm going to give another compliment to. Can I give it to Denzel Burke as well? <laughs> no, you can't. You have to choose something else, and you got to make it sound like you like it too. Uh, I will give the I will give the compliment here in that it could have been very easy for Ryan Day to just simply say, listen, Kerry Combs is the defensive coordinator. You know, we're going to keep working on things. He literally took right after that Oregon game and basically demoted him and said he didn't care if you're hurting your feelings in the process. And I think that at least shows that he's willing to do whatever he thinks it takes to get it turned around. And I think he's aware of the issues and he's trying to be as proactive as possible. I mean, I thought that said a lot even after one game, because you normally, when have you heard of another team that's struggling like this and literally the next game, they demote that person. Like I've never even heard of that happening, but Ryan, they did some yelling. I mean, you remember how awkward it was the year that, uh, Saban had, uh, Lane Kiffin as an offensive coordinator. I mean, he chewed his ass up and down the sideline every game, but he never demoted him. Nope. Never did. Never did. He 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 rode him that whole year, even though I think they still won the national title that year. But still, yeah. So but, uh, listen, I will say th- this though. But there's so, po- listen. There's positives to build there. You've got to understand that we still have the four and five star athletes out there. You know, you've got to think that. I mean, it almost hurts my brain to sit there and think how can you have everything accessible to you through Ohio State, through coaching, through all of the things they have on campus, through you know. Uh, all the film study and all of the different coaches and all the extra time that you have to sit there and prepare, you've got to think they're going to write this ship to some extent. They have to. I mean, if any program around the country is going to be able to make a, a U-turn, it's got to be Ohio state, right? I mean, now, we, I think we're set up for success. We just haven't seen it. I think we're going to be a big 12 team. I think my prediction for the rest of the season However it shakes out, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. I don't know how all that's going to shake out. I think our defense will improve in that we will do what we do better than we're doing it now. 
I don't think the scheme's going to improve. I don't think any of that's going to improve. I think that we're going to just do what we do better than we're doing it now. What I think really is going to happen is that at some point, this offense is going to take off. Now, who's going to be at the helm of that offense when it does? I don't know. But I think we're going to be a Big 12 team this season. That's what I think. I think we're going to compete for Big 10 title, but I think it's going to be because we're putting 55 points on everybody. So let's go ahead and lead that into the Akron preview because those those of you that may not know, uh, CJ Stroud is being uh, rested this game. <laughs> hey, tell Sorry, your kid to go I to say bed. That out loud? Tell, tell your kid to go to bed. <laughs> so CJ Stroud is being rested, barring they said emergency situation. But if you need CJ Stroud in an emergency situation against Akron, then I will throw the white flag on this year officially. I will be done. I will check out. I'll be done. But that means we are seeing, and he said he'll name a starter probably tomorrow, which we're expecting to be Kyle McCord. But we're going to see a new quarterback at the helm, and I'm really interested to see what kind of balance in the offense we're going to play tomorrow. or Not tomorrow, but on Saturday. See, and this is where I think, as much as I talk junk and you know, We've all had conversations all week long about all this, and I was super excited that we're going to get to at least see what we have in the cupboard. It's nice to at least see what you have in the cupboard, whether CJ's the guy or not um, for the rest of the season. I just it's nice to see somebody else play, but I don't know how much leash they're really going to get, to be totally honest with you, Um, especially when we got a guy coming off of a what was it? Two hundred seventy four yard, two hundred seventy seven. Yeah, two hundred seventy seven yard. Uh, performance um, the week before, and he just got himself a Camaro by signing his uh, <laughs> by signing his life away in his NIL deal. But well, he he also got an Arby's deal. He's got to deal yeah. with Arby's. So I want to be friends is, with that guy. Free curly fries for life. Heck yeah! You've got so you got that guy. You got Mine Williams. Um, I don't know. I just don't know, man. I mean, is he going to come out and throw for a ton? I you know I I really don't know how much. And, you know, how much is each quarterback going to play? Is he going to play one one half and one another half? Is one guy going to play three quarters of the time? I mean, we, we really don't know. You know, it, yeah, it would just I, be shocking. I'm excited. Well, I think, I think the biggest reason why we're excited is because – and the reason why I'm probably more intrigued this year at each upcoming game than I have been any other year. And intri- I use intrigue as the word – the way it's meant to be used, not that I'm excited, that I'm intrigued because I constantly am curious to see what are we going to do different this time to try to fix this? Are we actually going to see improvement? Like I catch myself like right before game time, at least the first three games, like getting really hopeful. And I just hope this time around I'm not let down. Now, I think Akron, I, I really expect us to not have any issues this time around. But then again, I thought the same way against Tulsa, and I was proven wrong there. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens in regards to getting some new players in the game to see if uh, maybe that lights a fire under us, to even see if we come out motivated. I mean, that's one of my biggest things, too, this year, is that for the most part, the body language for the whole team has just been like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, it's just there's been no fire there. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about before, we've had an, in our private discussions, you get your you get your tail spanked by Oregon. Okay, you have to reset. You have a week to come out at home, you know, in the shoe. You've got, you know, a, a team that you should beat handily there. There is no better recipe for a a you know an experience that boosts everybody's confidence than that. And we could not do it. 
And that is heartbreaking to me because I'm like, man, you know, like if you can't get up for a game in the horseshoe, you know what I mean? And you can't like, well, what are we doing here? Well, we can't even get the horseshoe filled at this point. I mean, last game, last game, we only had like 73,000. And I say only, you know, there's some teams around here that 73,000 would be. Dude, the comments on Facebook. The comments on Facebook make me laugh. So people brought that up on Facebook, and 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 some of the comments were, "Well, stop charging people so much money for the tickets, and they'll go to the game." Well, they no. paid it all the other years. What's Buckeye the fans will year? pay thousands of. Do- if this team's undefeated and we're playing USC, the ticket goes for fifteen hundred dollars a piece. So don't give me that crap about it costs too much. Buckeye fans will come out of pocket when it's time to come out of pocket. Well, yeah, the we point get is they don't want to see this of, team. You know, we get sellouts regardless of who we're playing. But the problem now, I think COVID has a little bit to do with it. There may be some hesitation for some people to come yeah, out, but not thirty-five, not right, to not do with it. not thirty thousand people. I agree, and I think it's the product that we're putting on the field so far this year. There's a lot of questions and a lot of doubt, and you know, it, it, it it's troubling, but. I'm still at the point where I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, I'm not throwing the talent on the season. And I think it's way too early to throw the talent on the season. But I think, you know, over the next two to three games, because we still are going to have, we're still going to be massively favored over the next handful of games. Because I think we got, we have Akron, and then I believe we have Rutgers, and then Maryland or something like that. Yeah. And And I mean, Maryland could be maybe a little bit, difficult just depending upon you know hold on before we go on a, on another tangent something i wanted to bring up to you because you know it's going to piss me off and i'm surprised you didn't bring it up to me when are you, you know not pissed feel. off when are, let's, when are you not pissed off but that's why we're such a good duo man you're mr glass half full and i'm mr you know in your glass that's half full so with the rest of it so explain this to me two weeks ago we play a top 10 team, Oregon, at home in the horseshoe. They weren't top 10 strong. at the time. They weren't top 10 at the time. But go on. What were they, 11, 12? Yeah, probably. Okay. It's irrelevant. They're four right. now because they We play at noon. Quote, unquote. Play at noon, right? What time's yeah. the game on Saturday, Davis? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a solid primetime night game. Against Why? The Akron. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um why the hell are we playing oregon at noon <laughs> at 7 30 honestly if you it. think about it uh i have no idea why someone yeah. probably got fired someone someone or this is some big joke that they're playing and be like watch this we're gonna make akron a primetime night game 7 30 kickoff oh my gosh man yeah There's dude nothing. it's I don't know. Listen, let, let's preview the Akron game and get out of here because, you know. All right. I, give me the prop. The, the more first. I talk let's, to you, I, the prop I, feel like, I feel like you're pulling me down. Okay. I'm trying you know to say, I do. But because I'm, just I'm getting, on the ledge, Davis. I'm hanging well, on the diving I'm, board with one arm. Well, listen, over at, this point, at this point, I'm not even going to reach out and save you. I'll probably push you because, one, is I don't know if I can listen to this anymore. Two, I may join you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me tell you something. You and Chaz both have a date with my rough. We've already talked about this. <laughs> That's true. Well, we just hope the rope's long enough, right? <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's talk about the prop bets real quick. All right. So first of all, recap: uh, prop bets last week. We made three of them. The bet was uh, loser has to buy the other one a twelve pack of their favorite choice beverage, and 
Davis is back in the winning circle. Sweep, clean sweep on all three of them. Um, if you're not sure what the prop bets are, go back and check our past episode. But uh, took a clean sweep on the prop bets. So when I see you here in about a month uh, or so, uh, and you're going to come down and visit family and everything, uh, we'll, we'll make a trip to the old store and I'll make sure I find the most expensive thing I can find, whether I like it or not. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I would do the same. <laughs> I know you would. That's exactly why I'm going to do it. So anyways, uh, for this prop bet, I mean, for those you don't know, we're, I think we started like a 54 point favorite over Akron. It's at, now at like 48 and a half points. Like there's literally zero worry that we're going to lose this game. We're just looking, hoping to see some improvement. So we tried to circle out some things that maybe we're hoping to see improvement on, but maybe some things that, you know, we're not sure we're going to see because the offense may look different, especially with CJ Stroud resting this game. So first one we said is, will there be a single Ohio state quarterback in this game that will throw for under for over 250 passing yards? So assuming CJ Stroud doesn't come up in emergency duty, we're talking about will Kyle McCord or will Jack Miller pass for 250 yards? Cause Ryan Day's made it pretty clear that Quinn Ewers is still not going to be available. So that's pretty much the two quarterbacks we're going to have on the roster. So Chad says yes. Chad you better says, believe it, baby. You so, better believe it. And it's Come not even Kyle McCord. Let's be, yeah, Come exactly. On. Let's be honest. This He's talking about Will Kyle McCord. Like, we should just change the bet. Will Kyle McCord throw for 250 or more yards of passing? He believes so. I say no, not because I don't think he's capable, but I think the game plan is going to be a lot more balanced and the running attack is still going to be a big thing. And I still think that they may give Jack Miller some opportunities, which means Kyle McCord may not even have enough pass attempts to try to get that high. So I'm taking, I'm taking the under on that. Now, of course, we're going to come right out probably the first play and he's going to throw an 80-yard touchdown. I'm like, well, I'm in trouble. So anyways, I'm taking the under on that. Next one. And this one was pretty bold on your end. I was surprised you took this one. So the next one is, will we have two running backs record over 100 yards? Chad, again, is taking the over. He says yes. Me, I think Travion Henderson, again, is going to continue to get the majority of the carries. And I think maybe at best we might have a secondary running back get maybe 70, 80 yards. But I don't see two of them getting over 100 yards, in my opinion. Now, let's not forget this now. That job until this week, for whatever reason that we don't know, because I don't know, was Mayan Williams' job, not for Travion Henderson's job. I so think that job Mayan is Williams is going to come back this week. He's going to get touches this week, and he's going to be pissed off. So do I think he's going to take the job back? I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is I think he's going to rush for 100 yards, and I think Travion Anderson continues his hot streak as well. It, it's possible, but I think that's a bold a bold take. Now, I could be wrong. We may well, have let's three see if it pays off, backs. Cotton. Yeah, we could have three running backs over 100 yards for all I know. But, you know, I, I, st- I still think the safe play is taking the under. So the final one we went with is a defensive one. And do we think Akron will throw for 300 or more yards on Ohio State's defense? I think the obvious one here is one actually Chad took, which is over. He thinks that Akron will be able to get over 300 passing yards. And I'm willing to take a little bit of a gamble and say that we keep them under 300 yards of passing, which is a bold move on you. That one is a little bold, but 
mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we're going to overmatch them so much and we're finally going to get to the quarterback that we're going to disrupt them and they're going to have a much more difficult time trying to pick the defense apart. So that's what I'm hoping for. Those are the three prop bets. And tell them, hold on, tell them what we're, we're wagering here. Okay. So we are wagering that the loser of this prop bet this week has to go on Facebook and change their profile pick to whatever the winner says it has to be. And that could be literally anything. Except for a big old honking snossage. We <laughs> talked about that already. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't say honking snossage on the air. <laughs> We're going to get discontinued even on Spotify. <laughs> They're going to take us down. <laughs> Listen, obviously, we're not going to do something where someone's going to lose their job over this. <laughs> At least we hope. The only thing, honestly, we said was off limits is we're not putting a picture of the team up north up there. But neither one of us will even want to do that to the other person. But no. I'm going to definitely go through the archive and find something that is going to be not only embarrassing, but uh, definitely comical as well. Because I fully expect to pull out yet another prop bet this week. Well, you can wish in one hand and watch the Buckeyes with the other. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see you're finally understanding. We're live, okay? We're we're yeah. on the radio here. Like, let's you know, well, let's keep, <laughs> let's at least keep it PG thirteen or something. Yeah, I try to most of the time, you know, but sometimes all- I just get excited. I get excited. You are allowed one F-bomb in PG-13, so let's not even go there. <laughs> well, anyways, right. guys, listen, we've been at this for a while today. Um, but overall, you know, I, I think we share a lot of the same feelings that a lot of the other Ohio State fans feel up to this point in the season. We have a couple different ways that we're, I guess, handling it at this point. Chad's on the edge. You know, yeah. one more, you may push him off me. I'm still not quite to the edge. I'm hoping for some improvement. I think there's still hope for the season. But uh, there's no mistaking that we are not living up to expectations. And, you know, we're hoping that this season may be a special season. It still possibly could be. I mean, this could be one of the biggest turnarounds. Or this could be one of the biggest flops. I mean, it could literally go Man, either I hope you're right. I Dude, I, there was nothing that would make me happier then for next week's podcast for me to get on here and just apologize to everybody for being a moron. Well, I would love to do it next week. There's no way we're doing it next week. It's listen, that won't happen unless we literally make the playoffs from this point. Now, hold on before you get off here. You didn't give me a score. Oh, you didn't give me a score. Dude, I haven't even thought about to be honest with you, man. Um, if, if I had to say something shot off top of my head, what I honestly believe I'm thinking something like a probably 55, 17. Okay. I'm going 45, 17. So I'm going to write these down because we put these online. 55, 17, and you said 45, 17? Yes, sir. So you still don't think we're going to score over 50 points? Uh, no, especially this week when and the you're offense the person, is going to be and a little bit finicky. And you're the person taking a quarterback, throwing over 250 yards and two running backs over 100 yards, and you're going to keep us at 45 points? That's correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I guess there's some sort of method to the madness, but... Yeah, I think we're going to break big runs, and I think we're going to break big passes. I think Kyle McCord's going to throw several deep balls uh, that account for his yardage. I'm not saying he's going to throw for nine touchdowns. I'm saying he may have two or three touchdowns, but it's going to be for big yardage. Yeah. 
Hey, something we, we may start doing too is uh, we'll maybe give an extra guess at who we think the player of the game is going to be on both sides of the ball. Uh, might be something that we can start incorporating. But anyways, well, I'll, I'll start you off right now. Uh, uh, the offense player of the game is going to be Kyle McCord and defense. The player of the game probably be Kyle McCord as well. Uh, I'm going to go player <laughs> of the game. I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go a little bit different. I'm going to say Jackson Smith and Jigba going to be player of the game. Um, okay, I'm joking. If I if we have to go this route, I think Chris Olave probably be player of the game. Yeah, I think I think a receiver is going to get it this game. I'm gonna I'm just going to go Jackson Smith and Jigbo because I think Chris Olave is a pretty obvious one, especially thinking he'll have a real big game coming back from what just happened against Tulsa. Um, defensive side of the ball, um, I'll be honest, an easy one is I probably have to give it to Ronnie Hickman because he's leading the team in tackles right now. He's flying around the field. Uh, he's had a pick already this season. You know, he, he's actually looked pretty good along with Denzel Burke, but I'm going to say Ronnie Hickman on D. Okay. Sounds good. I'll go with Denzel Burke again. Yeah. That's whether or not they decide to target him or even get any passes in this direction. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens. But all right. Before anyways, we jabber on, Davis, tell them where they can find us. Well, as always, guys, uh, you can catch these episodes on uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Think YouTube music, whatever that is now they call it. I'm not even sure. Pretty much it's every anything that streams music. You know, we put these up on an RSS feed and it goes out to everything. So you can catch us just about anywhere. I'll also put them up on YouTube if you like to catch them on there. And uh, make sure you stop by our Facebook page and our Twitter. Um, drop us a like, give us a comment. Again, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, this thing that we're doing is still growing. We're still in the infancy stage of developing this podcast, but we really enjoy what we're doing. Um, we'd really like to hear more from you guys, and hopefully you really enjoy what you hear. So um, we'll catch you on the next episode, and until then, go Bucks. O-H.